Hello and welcome. You're listening to the Tasty Tidbits Podcast. Get ready to receive rich, well-seasoned, and tasteful tidbits to transform your life. Each week, Dr. Tiffany comes to you with inspirational encouragement and thought-provoking interviews to help you revolutionize your walk with God. Are you hungry for more of His presence? Then get ready. And now, your host, pastor, author, and motivational speaker, Dr. Tiffany Watkins. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to Tasty Tidbits. I am your host, Dr. Tiffany Watkins, and I am excited to have you again today on another episode. And at this episode, we are at 5,000 downloads, and I'm so excited about all that is taking place. And I'm also excited about my special guest today, Susie Lee, that will be joining us today. And I think and I know that she'll have some great information about kids who care. And I'm just ready to get into a conversation so she can let us know a little bit about uh, what she's doing over in Australia. So hi, Susie, how are you over there in Australia? We were just talking and saying, it's eight o'clock in the morning there, while it's about four o'clock here. I know it's so amazing that we can talk to each other across the world. It's wonderful. Yes, yes. So I'm going to let the audience know a little bit about you and then you can let them know a little bit more. Uh, But Susie Lee studied psychology and theology and has a master's degree in peace and conflict studies. She is the prize winning author of Raising Kids Who Care, which is practical conversations for exploring stuff that matters. Together, Susie is also an engaging presenter who has taught in churches, lectured at universities, and run conference workshops for parents and families. So thank you for being a part of the podcast today, Susie. Let everybody know a little bit more about yourself. All right. It's funny hearing you read all that out. It's like, oh, that sounds like an you know, important person. And I just feel like little old me sitting in my little office looking out at the trees and The most exciting thing in my life is I just became a grandmother and I have two beautiful grown-up sons and lots of wonderful nephews, but I'm so delighted that now I have a granddaughter, so I'm looking forward to dancing with her. Oh, wow, and spoiling her as well. That's my job, right? I'm alive. Yes, yes. (laughs) So congratulations on that. Thank you. (laughs) You know, today we're talking about raising kids who care. Tell us what led you to write the book. Well, like like many things, it it was a long time coming. I guess it's the last 20 years of my life smooshed into into one book. Um, I became a Christian when my sister was killed in a car accident by a drunk driver, in fact. And our family had, this was a long time ago and it was tragic. She was 21. And a friend from school went to his Bible study group and prayed somehow out of this tragedy, could Susie become a Christian? Could she come to know God? And, of course, I didn't know this at the time. But um, I'd come back from traveling overseas before the days of the internet and had no idea, you know, no one knew what country I was in or anything. And I happened to ring the very day that it happened. And I came back and, and got a job and met this lovely boy 
who was wonderful in every way except that he went to church which was the most bizarre thing <laughs> um, <laughs> eventually you know I became a Christian and I, I had come from a broken family that was a you know a, quite a bit of a mess and a, you know my sister's death blew all of that apart as well and I was very grateful that I got to I end up marrying that boy <laughs> and <laughs> we had kids and I you know I've been at my church for 35 years and and it's my village and I watched the effect on my children of having this wonderful community around them of um you know the the beautiful relationship skills that they learned by being part of this community by um and then i i went into um family ministry i was a consultant um in a christian organization and then i worked for aid and development organizations and realized there's so much we have to offer in the church to families um, but we do, we can sometimes keep that in house and forget that there are families outside who are broken and hurting mm -hmm. and would really use our help i guess um i noticed that with with families over overseas um we were helping people in very poor countries with the issues they had of poverty and injustice but there were families right in the the suburb around me that were struggling as well and I guess this book is is my call to the kingdom to to bring the kingdom as it is in heaven onto earth and say in a kingdom the way a family would work is we would be loving one another. We would be knowing how to forgive one another. We would know how to do conflict resolution. We would know what true happiness is and how to find it. And we would know how to be generous and caring about the people around us and about the world as well. And so I, I kind of wrote a book that was practical ways to, to help people to do that. Which sounds quite a lot when I put it all together like that. <laughs> but yes, that's awesome. And you do it from the uh, way for families to be able to come together to do that. Is that what, it, what is the area that it's coming from? Families coming together in order to do that? Yeah, what I noticed, I was teaching kids and finding out how amazing they were. And I was talking to them about, you know, what it's like for kids overseas who have so much less than them. And I was amazed at their their wisdom and generosity and compassion. You know, I'd kids have kids come up to me and say, here's my lunch money. Could you give it to a poor child overseas? <laughs> say, well, actually, no, there's another way, but it's really wonderful that you want to respond. And um, I would see kids wanting to respond with generous hearts. But I also noticed that we live in a culture now that, you know, the most highly paid psychologists are paid by the advertising industry, wanting to turn our kids into little consumers from day one. And, and that can take us away from our inherent kindness and generosity. And, and we can, we can actually be swayed. Our wealth has been shown to make us less generous and less mm -hmm. less 
ethical even. Um, and I think as, as Christians then, these are things we really care about. So when I saw that kids were amazing and cared about things but could be pulled away, I thought as, as parents then we need to be empowering our kids to understand what's happening and, and be able to push back against it. But the crux really came when I was running a conference for Tear Fund, the Aiden Development Agency I was working for. And I, you know, I put on a kids program and a youth program and I had a whole lot of workshops and I put on a workshop called Raising Kids Who Care. And I just put myself in a little room. I just thought I'd see how it went. And it was standing room only. There were so many parents who had come to this wanting to see how could they help their kids to be to, you know, to be living with kingdom values, to be caring people when so much was coming at them from school and from um, from their culture and what could they do? And so all I've done really is write conversations that families can have together. I started running experiences for whole families to do together where they would pretend they were sitting in a, a slum village and had to, you know, quickly wrap paper bags out of newspaper to sell them to, you know, just to give them an experience together. And I would, I discovered that at the end, when in the debrief time, I would actually let the kids have the microphone and, and say what this experience was like for them. And when I saw the parents' jaws dropping because they had just never experienced this with their kids because, you know, the kids had gone off to Sunday school and they'd gone off to church or, you know, not, not many opportunities for families to actually learn together. Um, I thought, wow, I have to find a way to encourage families to be learning together and talking to better, together about some of these things. Um, intentionally and so that's what I've done I've written a book that's 40 conversations about stuff that matters um, so I've done the research for you and made a template and make it really easy um, for families to talk about some of these things mm -hmm. that's awesome that is so awesome and you know it's surprising even when you were saying that because I believe inherently often a lot of times uh, kids want to be able to do things, but they need to be guided. And so that's awesome that you have these conversations that youth can talk with their parents. And also, you know, that could even be uh, taken into the Sunday school classes, I believe as well, or yeah. you know, like youth day activities and things like that, even to get the uh, youth involved as well. Yeah, there's lots of research now that says it's really important for kids and young people to be given an opportunity to respond to the bad things that they know are happening in the world. We're, we've kind of, our brains really can only cope with about 150 people about this, the size of a village. And, but if you watch the news, you know about every single bad thing that's happening in the world. Mm -hmm. And it can be, it can be bad for our mental health really to know all these bad things in the world but not be able to do anything about it if we lived in a village and you know mrs jones's house burned down we could actually take her a casserole we could go and help repair you know the the roof but if we're just if our kids are just learning that so many terrible things are happening and there's nothing they can do about it then you know, they feel guilty, they feel depressed, they just want to be distracted by Netflix. Mm -hmm. but 
better opportunities if we're watching the news with our kids let's point out when there's a disaster on television look at all the people that are helping look at how many people are caring about that family and helping them to rebuild or you know like if we can just be a little bit more intentional and find ways to give our kids an opportunity to respond as small as it might be, um, then that helps them to grow a worldview that says, oh, there's a problem in the world. I can do something about that rather than just being kind of overwhelmed by it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So Susie, as parents, you know, we want our kids to have a happy and loving lives. What are some ways that parents can get involved and start to do this? Well, the first thing is, to figure out what what true happiness really is i think we've we're surrounded by information that tells us we'll be happy if we have the latest devices or if we <laughs> have the wearing the right fashion mm -hmm. but true happiness is there's loads of research being done into you know what really makes us happy and happiness comes from things like gratitude by pr literally practicing gratitude, you know, every day thinking of three things that we're grateful for has been proven to make us more happy. Things like generosity, caring for somebody else makes us happy. And so actually having conversations where we talk to our kids about, you know, what is true happiness will be important. There's a, there was a Harvard study that asked parents what it was that they wanted for their children. And 95% of them said, we want caring, you know, good citizens, you know, good people. And then the genius of that study was they asked the children, what do you think your parents want for you? And 80% of those 10,000 children said, oh, our parents want us to be successful and happy. So there's a little disconnect happening there. Mm -hmm. with we can think that we want our kids to be caring people because we know it doesn't matter how smart they are, how high they can jump, how fast they can run. If they can't be a good friend, if they can't love and be love, loving, then they're not going to have a happy life. And so I think what we need to do to make sure that our, our kids do have happy, loving lives is ensure that we've helped them with good relationship skills that we've taught them the measure of true happiness in church we hear all the time you have to be loving you have to be forgiving you have to do you know all these things but there's a lot of work to actually understand what that means you know mm -hmm. forgiveness we all know we have to do it but mm -hmm. oh my goodness it's very difficult in real life isn't it uh -huh. <laughs> yes and there are a lot of Christian psychologists, uh, Christians are overrepresented in the branch of psychology that looks at how can we be more caring, loving, humble, forgiving people. And so I, I think that it's our job as parents to have conversations with our kids. The very first place to start is listening skills. We have two ears and one mouth, but we don't always use them in that proportion. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you know, there's three conversations in my book that are improving our listening skills. And if we really want to be connecting with our kids, we need to do a lot more listening and a lot less talking. Mm -hmm. And, you know, uh, that is so good because I, you know, I used to work with um, when I when I did my social work, I did teen pregnancy prevention and um, 
we work with the kids and young people. And that was one of the most important things when we did their curriculum. We always uh, did what we called facilitating versus teaching because facilitating, you're basically guiding the class, but you're getting their thoughts, their ideas in order to make the program better. And I think that's so important, like you said, that we are great listeners and be able to improve our listening skills when it comes to the kids because they will say a whole lot and we will be able to understand where they're coming from, what they desire, um, and, and then we will be able to guide them on the best way in order to help others around them. Don't you believe that, Susie? Yeah, I love that. That's, mm-hmm. that's so great. It, look, you know, it looks like I've written a parenting book um, for how parents can help kids, but honestly, I think if parents really start listening to mm-hmm. their, their kids, they are the ones that are going to be inspired because kids are way more creative and curious than adults are. They, they, they connect us back to our youthful idealism that's been smushed out of us by, you know, the hectic busyness of life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, dealing with a lot of young people, uh, the most complaints that they have from probably eight years old on up. I remember one um, young person telling me probably a couple of months ago, uh, they was telling me, they said, you know, we love to be around you because you listen to us. You know, you don't just, you know, go and do whatever, but you sit down and listen to us and respond. And kids, they recognize if you're actually paying attention to them. And a lot of times parents, we have to understand. And if you're listening as a parent, it is so important to listen to your young people. I know you may be tired. I know your workday may be long, but even just planning in some type of planning time to spend time with them instead of pushing them away. And here in America, a lot of times, a lot of that goes on. Even when we, Susie, had to do, uh, we tried to do like parent teacher workshops or parent workshops where we try to get the parents involved with their youth and we try to have meetings. A lot of times when those were scheduled, you would hardly have any parents, but parents, it is very important that you are involved within your young people's lives. And so Susie, like you said, that is very important. We have to be there to listen to them. Yeah. There's another really important research project called the Connected Generation um, that interviewed 15,000 young adults in 25 countries around the world. And what they found was even though these young adults were digitally connected, they were lonely. They actually didn't feel like there was an important person caring about them. Mm. And, and it, what, what they found, they interviewed people who had... Um, grown up in the church and had left the church and were finding out why and they found that even though they're really open to spiritual spirituality um and they were kind of connected to the idea of human suffering and, and global conflict but they had grown up in this really fast changing chaotic world and they were longing to do something that would make a significant difference they wanted to be part of something that was really useful. They wanted to sort of fight the good fight, but they really wanted to see evidence of adults practicing what they preach. Mm. <laughs> wow. Wow. And that's something to take note of, really. 
<laughs> I actually interviewed a bunch of young young adults that I'd known all their lives who I thought were particularly caring and and asked them, um, you know, what advice would you give to parents? Uh, you know, they here were recently parented young people. The advice was golden. It's, I've put it all in the book. Um, and one of the things that they said was you need to listen to them mm -hmm. and you need to not shelter them from the world but help them understand the world. So talk to them about what's going on rather than shelter them from it. And one of the other things that they always said was, you need to take them volunteering with you. We we often know that oh someone in our church maybe's had you know a sickness or something, and so we'll take them over a casserole. But we don't think to take our kids with them with us as well, and and show them what we're doing, involve them in in the volunteer work that we're doing. Maybe we serve in a soup kitchen on Christmas Day. Mm -hmm. Take your kids <laughs> with you, you know. Get, there's all sorts of research that says that volunteering has really amazing um, positive benefits, both physical and mental, for young people. Isn't that amazing? It is. And, you know, uh, the program that I was telling you about, we did that. It was basically a program where they had to volunteer. But even in our church, we when we do the community feedings, we involve the young people that desire to come and they love to do it. You know, yeah. they're wanting to help. They're excited to help and be involved. And a lot of times, you know, we can't just put them aside and say, you know, well, just stay at home while I take care of this or you're trying to get away from them, but involve them in it because you don't know what gifting may be on the inside of that young person that you may spark to be able to change the world just by bringing them into volunteering. Exactly. Mm -hmm. oh, that's fantastic. Good on you. <laughs> yes. So Susie, you mentioned that as, as a society, we need kids who are capable of thinking and acting beyond themselves to help others have a healthy, loving life too. What are some ways to encourage our kids towards this? We talked about volunteering, but what are some other ways that they could do? Yeah, I think um, another thing that makes us happy is to be purposeful. So to like we know that you know you don't become a christian and bang you're off to heaven we're here for a reason right mm -hmm. we're here to to show what the kingdom of heaven is like to to you know to bring a bit of the kingdom into into earth and so i think that if we can you know, like those young adults in the survey said, you know, they're longing to be part of something bigger that they can help with. I, I know that when I became a Christian as a, as a young adult, I wanted to be part of something that was, was changing the world. And so giving our kids this sense of purpose that you are part of something bigger, you know, you're part of the kingdom that's that's caring for other people, that that cares that there are some people who have so much less than us, that cares that there's there's injustice and that there are bad things happening in the world, and that we know we have a power together to do something about that. And so we start, you know, in age-appropriate ways, in little tiny ways of helping kids to understand that they are part of that. Uh, one of the um, conversations in the book, I get you know, there's like a little activity for families to do where they they each draw like three circles one circle is the things that that we're really good at mm -hmm. another circle is the things that we really love doing 
And another circle is the things that we really care about. So maybe you have a child who really cares about, you know, lost puppies or something. Um, if you can, and, you know, maybe they're great with animals and they're good at, at drawing. So, you know, that sweet spot in the middle is, oh, right, I'm going to, you know, draw beautiful posters telling people to care about puppies or something right <laughs> yeah, yeah it doesn't it doesn't kind of matter what it is it's if each one of us tries to find the thing that we uniquely can add to the world then the world is going to be a better place right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so it doesn't have to be overwhelming it just has to be small um but part of a bigger whole which is you know something I love about Christianity that we're a body we are mm -hmm. all, all parts and we all have something to do so helping kids work out slowly and over time what their purpose is what their gift is what you know their unique contribution to the world can be is something we can do so I have four parts of the book and there's one part is about relationships and one part is about you know the effect of culture one part is about our inner selves our, our character and our spirit another part is 10 conversations about how we can contribute to the world um because i i really think that this this is the way we will improve society if we raise a generation of kids that know life is not just about caring for ourselves it's also mm -hmm. about caring for others Mm -hmm. You know, while you were talking, I was quickly, I was thinking about uh, this conference I had went through to this past weekend and for, for a couple of days. And they were talking about, and I'm not sure if you've ever heard about the seven mountains that we're supposed to affect in the earth. And it's through, you know, politics, business, family, and there were several others, but it was this concept of, you know, moving outside of the church in order to impact society and take the kingdom inside the earth and not just keep it in the four walls of the church. And so when you were saying that, I believe that is very important as we train kids um, or pull out the gifting within them to be able to find out what it is they're truly compassionate about and passionate about so that they are able to go out into the world, into those mountains in order to take back what the enemy has stolen within the earth realm. And they're able to do that by just doing their part a little bit at a time, as you said. Oh, preach it, sister. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so I just was thinking about that and I was like, wow, that, that is so amazing. So this book really helps guide them. And I'm going to get one of these books, especially for um, my Sunday school class, because I think that is helpful in finding out what it is they really desire and being able to push them towards it. So listeners, even in your homes, be able to get it so you can find out more about your youth. But Susie, what is the most important thing that you would desire for listeners to know when it comes to raising kids who care? What would be the most important thing that you would say? I think it's just about being intentional, um, about just stopping to remember what things matter we can you know we can just get so busy and we have so many demands on us but every now and then we need to make sure we're not climbing up the ladder on the wrong wall <laughs> um, and that we're there we're helping to show our kids 
faith with skin on, you know, what it actually looks like. We need we need our kids to see us walking the talk, I guess. The most, the most powerful thing we can do as parents is be good role models for our kids as loving, caring, happy people. So dealing with our own stuff um, so that we have something left over to give to others is going to really make a difference um, with our kids. And, you know, that... What, I, what I'm trying to do, you know, in, in my little part of the world with my little book is, is resource parents and resource churches to do that. Some churches are actually taking the conversations in my book and putting on events for, for families um, to come together and talk about, you know, the effect of technology and, and what do we do about it or to talk about, you know, relationship skills together. Um, and yeah, I hope that that parents will be more intentional about mm-hmm. doing doing life skills with their kids. Mm-hmm. And I love what you said about faith with skin on. I love it. <laughs> that is so true. Well, Susie, would you pray for the parents today? Uh, and also, you know, just the parents that may be listening today and may not know how to start or even just whatever you feel the spirit just wants you to pray for the parents today when it comes to raising kids who care. Would you do that right quick for us? I would love to. Dear Heavenly Father, we all know that that parenting is the most important thing we've ever done. And it's the scariest thing because it's the thing we, we sometimes feel least prepared for we haven't done a degree in parenting and so father we pray that that your holy spirit will guide us as we seek to guide our children Um, but father i pray also that we would be humble and open enough to be guided by our children too Um, jesus said if you want to know what the king is like you know look at the little children Pray, Father, that that any parents listening here will take that to heart and have conversations with their kids that help them to see that your kingdom is full of childlike faith, Um, that, that the things we've talked about today are the things that you care about too. And we pray with great confidence in the name of Jesus because what we're asking for is to learn how to be loving and faithful and that's what you want for us as well we pray father that your kingdom of heaven will come down to earth one family at a time amen 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 that was such an amazing um interview with you uh because i believe and i know kids are my heart you know (laughs) i love young people and they are our future so we we would do good to make sure that we are investing well with them and making sure that we are stewarding uh, the gift within them to the best of our abilities to help them to be all that God has called them to be. And I believe that's what you are doing in your part that God has given you by writing this book, Susie, in order to do that. So if listeners wanted to get a copy of your book or get in contact with you, would you let listeners know how they could do that? Sure. Um, 
my books available on Amazon or in Barnes and Noble, good bookshops. Um, I have a website, raisingkidswhocare.info, um, where you can get new conversations if they come up, or you can see a couple of um, sample conversations and, and get in touch with me, even if you'd like to. Awesome. And listeners, we'll also have Susie's information as well within this podcast. So you'll be able to just click on the link or highlight the link and go directly to her. And until next time, you all have a blessed week and God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Tasty Tidbits with Dr. Tiffany Watkins. If you're enjoying the show, feel free to subscribe, rate, and share with your friends. To learn more about Dr. Tiffany, check out her blog on goodreads.com or visit her website at www.renewedfaithministriesinc.com. Until next time, stay blessed.